This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Perception is a funny little thing, like, is it two solid clean sheets at home or two wasted opportunities to get a tighter grip on a playoff place? Is it unbeaten in three or without a win in four? Tactical expertise or scraping the barrel so hard there's now a hole in the bottom? To be honest, I don't know anymore. Tonight on the Mansfield Matters podcast we'll delve into two shutouts or two falterings at the other end, perception yet again and try and figure out if in the remaining nine games the Stags have enough about them to conjure up a top seven finish. Plus we'll heap praise on James Gale after his long-awaited first start, look more in depth at those final nine and throw in any of your comments, questions, opinions and general mutterings in the live feed as the future of Nigel Clough, naturally after two extremely dull games, starts to be questioned again. All of this aside, somehow the Stags remain three points outside of the playoffs with a game in hand. So who knows what could happen. Football, eh? This is the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. Proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Does anybody know what a goal is yet? I still none the wiser. Please, God, make it happen on Saturday. I don't want to sit through another 90 minutes of absolute nothingness. Hello, welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, Firstly, before we get started, slight difference in the show tonight. It's going to be A, smaller, because Celebrity Haunted's on at nine. And uh, there's a little bit of difference in the audio tonight because... I've had a broken microphone incident. Yes, the injury crisis has hit my microphone selection. Uh, so uh, I might sound a little bit different tonight. Uh, we've got one in order, though, so hopefully should be all back up and running properly by next week. Right, let's say hello and good evening and find out who's joining me to talk all things Mansfield Town tonight. As always, you at home, yes, you, I'm looking at you, are welcome to have your say in the comments right down there. Or is it up there? I don't know anymore. Uh, get involved and have your say on your team. Anything Mansfield Town related, get it in the chat. Right, let's see who we've got joining us tonight. Let's go to you, Cam Felton. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> How are you? You've got a spare mic if you want it. It's exactly yeah, the same I mean, as yours. 
Yeah, you've probably stolen it from me, to be fair. I mean, I'd, I'd love it, but, you know, we're just not like we live around the corner, to be fair. Uh, anyway, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, where else are we going to go? Let's say, coming to a living room near you, let's say hello to you, Alan Wilson. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, everybody. And I must say, it is so good to see you back on your feet with a smile on your face and see you back with us again. You scared us to death last week, Mr. Wilson. <laughs> well, it wasn't a very nice thing that happened, Craig, but uh, we won't go into that. But I'm pleased to say I'm on the mend and uh, looking forward to taking part in the podcast. Absolutely. Glad to have you back. And finally, last but no means least, let's say hello to you, Clive Parking. Good evening. Good evening, everybody. Good to see you, as always. Right then, the Fantastic Four are here. Um, as always, you're welcome to have your say on your team. We might see Nathan before. In fact, no, let's have a quick podcast vote. Uh, hands um, up if you think it's more likely to see us actually score a goal before we see Nathan on a podcast again. Clean sweep. There we go. Right, Nathan, come on. We no. miss you. Right, where shall we start? Let's start with two absolutely dull nil-nil draws. Alan, you know, as far as Saturday afternoons go, when are we going to get that? I would say, when are we going to get that 90 minutes back? But in truth, it's when are we going to get that 180 minutes back? When you walk into the crowd, uh, ground, Craig, the X factor seems to have gone. You know, there doesn't seem to be a lot of buzz about the place anymore. The crowd's still doing their bit with the drummer and everything else, and they're raucous as they always are. But that, that me and Kieran were saying on Saturday, the X factor, the fun factor, excitement, just seems to have gone. And we need to get it back and sharpish. I think that's a very fair point that Alan's made there, Clive. The That sort of zest which we had this time last year, that energy, that electricity that used to pump around the ground, well, Seven Trent have taken it back. Oh, there's plenty of energy in the crowd. It's just that the switch belongs to the players. And if the players don't get us going, the crowd just go to sleep. And I think that's true of every football ground. But we, we have plenty of people in the stadium. We have all the youngsters who like to make a lot of noise in Q block. The drummer's trying to do his bit, um, but we need a bit of zing on the park. Yeah, and zing on the park is exactly what we were lacking on uh, Saturday, Cam. At one point, you know, I don't know, I think I might have fallen asleep. It was worse than, at least on Tuesday night, on Wednesday night, sorry, against Grimsby, first 45 minutes, we had a little bit of zip and zest about us, but we seemed flatter than a pancake on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, and... It doesn't help when you've got two sides that come to you that just don't want to play football. Uh, from the first minute, Grimsby 100% set out for a point. You could see that in how they were playing. They still look dangerous going forward and um, and whatever, but they just didn't... Just the overall game just wasn't great to watch. Sutton were even worse than that so negative, so anti-football, time-wasting at every opportunity to get. Even Sunday, it's things you don't see on Sunday league pitches, like trainers, uh, coaches throwing water bottles onto the pitch to players whilst play is going on and then kicking off that they've been booked about it. It's pathetic. You would expect it from a team like Sutton, though. They don't... Do they deserve to be in the Football League? Yes, are they football equality? Not even close. 
Well, I, I think that therein lies oh. the problem. They are football league. They are that, that's, a football yeah. league quality. They had a they had a successful season last season, and they've got a model which is clearly working because not only is it has it been proved eight minutes into the podcast where it wound you as a supporter up, it wound ninety nine percent of other fans up as well, didn't it, Mister Wilson? And of course, the players. If it's stop start, that electricity, that zip, that zap that we spoke about. You can't get it. You can't generate when you stop start. And you just, uh, you know, you feel for the players in a way. It slightly. Then it would have obviously that's the way they play. But uh, you know, with the couple of incidents that we saw, that was really bad, and they're on about it. You know, I just think it's quite poor on behalf of the officials, and even worse, on Sutton United. But it does work for them, like you said. And they've proved I think, it. I think that officials thing, Clive, yeah, we, we're going to get that anyway. And we've we've gone over that time and time again. But I don't think you can shy away from the fact that, all right, you, you take Sutton's tactics in one hand, but in the other, you've got to look at how poor and how negative we were. And with nine games to go, that is a clear issue. We said, didn't we, before the game when we bumped into each other, that we've scraped the bottom of the barrel so hard. There's now holes appearing in it. Yeah, I, I mean, Sutton came with a, a fairly cynical game plan and to a certain extent, you've got to say it's a working method. Um, the referee was definitely a four Trevor Kettle on the Trevor Kettle scale of rubbishness. And, uh, and I thought that, that we lacked any spark. So, I mean, whatever team we were up against, we would struggle to have made the sort of penetration that we're feeling um, bereaved of at the moment. But, uh, you know, I, it's all right having a go at Clough and formations and substitutions and all the things that we're all quite rightly able to criticise him for. <clears throat> but he's got, he's got a ragbag of a team at the moment. And that's not being disrespectful to the players. I'm just saying he hasn't got the, the the versatility that comes through choice that he's had in the earlier part of the season. And and uh, the people that are able to supply the spark are the ones we've not got at the moment. It's an interesting thing to think about in that respect, Cam, because I was speaking to somebody before the game and they were saying, you know, is it just negative tactics? Is it this? Is it that? And I was thinking... Actually, have we got 11 fully fit players to field an 11? And I actually think genuinely the answer of that is no. All right, Kieran Wallace actually managed to get through 90 minutes, but I think that was more through necessity than, than choice. Same with Ollie Clark, Andy Garner saying today, you know, he's asking to come off after 70, 75 minutes, but we've literally got no options. Well, we have, but he doesn't like to use them. But you know what I mean? There's, we're at that point now where we're putting an 11 out based on hands up who's fit, who can play, rather than this is what we want to play to try and win a game of football. Yeah, it is. And that's, that's the frustrating thing because we've, we've got the quality, but we can't use it. And yes, it's very much a, a, a patch and make do situation at the minute. Like you alluded to there, he doesn't like to use certain players and point proven one of the players that, in the short time that he was on the pitch that had an impact in Jason Law, 89th minute, 89th, 88th, whatever. I'm not going to repeat what I said in the group chat about it, but... Oh, please do. Oh, I just... No, I'm not, so I don't want to... No. Family show. I'll find I it. I can't swear, but um, 
it, it was basically just a frustration of God's sake, Clough, why why are you leaving it till the last minute? Like, what, what's actually, the point of your, your your actual words were "f off, Clough." Shouldn't be leaving that till injury time. Two anti-football insides visiting in a week. We show nothing to counter it. Should have been throwing absolutely everything forward at, at them, 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 and then you yeah, couldn't spell no. them. I was annoyed and very tired on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, but on the other side, other side of the argument, Cam, is that Clough didn't want to lose the games, and in that respect, he's been successful. We played two teams and didn't lose, didn't concede goals. His fear there were two teams be, that we should have beaten. Threw, that's the problem. If we threw too much ambition. Given the scale of the scope we've got of players, then the likelihood is we would ship a goal at the back, and one goal would have won the game in both cases. So I have a, I have some sympathy, but I, I I share your frustration. I see absolutely no point in bringing players on with three or four minutes to go. I have to say, Alan, at the minute I feel like I've got splinters at my backside because I'm with Clive, but I'm with Cam at the same time. You know, we've got nine games to go. We should be. We should be playing risk ball. We should be throwing people on when we can. But also at the same time, it's that thing about perceptions, isn't it? At worst, in football, you you protect the clean sheet. And that's exactly what we did against Sutton. And the league table doesn't lie. We're still within a, a shot. If we did gamble and then conceded, we'd have been you know, even even worse off. So you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. But where do you sit with it? Nine games to go. You know, we've we've got to be doing something. I would I I would honestly go for it. I would go for the jugular every time. If you, I'd sooner die hard trying than die hard with a whimper. You know, if they can go out, I mean, we did have chat. I don't know what it was like. I just listened to it from the hospital bed on Wednesday night, so I couldn't do anything else. But on Saturday, we did have the odd chance again. You know, I, you know, it didn't go in. But we need to be more clinical when we get that chance. But I would go for it. Go for the jugular. Just to, clarify, got to, just to clarify, Mr Wilson, I know you may well have been piped with prescription drugs on Wednesday night to, to help you get better. <laughs> I can clarify that you weren't deluded. We were that shit. Anyway, oh. moving on. <laughs> Cam, let's, let's touch upon a positive because Clough did try to mix it up in some way, shape or form. We've been sitting here... In some respects, berating the fact that he doesn't like to use young players and give opportunities to young players. But James Gale got his first league start on Saturday against Sutton United. And why he wasn't given man of the match will remain a mystery for as long as I live. I honestly thought he was the best player on the pitch, fully deserved of his start. And do you know what? I will be furious for him if he's not one of the first names on the team sheet come Saturday afternoon against Crawley. Fantastic performance. What a player we've got in our hands there. Definitely. I think from a from a fan perspective, I think the only frustrating thing about watching Law uh, for Gale for me was he's not the quickest. But that, other than that, it, his game was it was good. And you can show that there's a lot of talent in, in him and... and a lot of credit's got to go to him for what he's been doing on the training ground and then the academy staff for, for getting him to where he is after obviously bringing him in from, from Long Eaton. And, but there's, there's a lot of room that he can develop. And Dan, Danny Johnson who? Because what, what did Danny Johnson do on Saturday? He filled, that, that he filled a slot. 
that, that filled Gale a slot. Didn't. They filled a slot. What did James Gale do? Exactly. Looked interested. Creative. Passionate. Let's be clear. If Clifford had a choice, he wouldn't have played Johnson. Um, I don't think he'd have played any of the younger players if he got the choice. He doesn't trust his younger players enough to bring them on for in important positions on important matches. He'll put them on the bench and he'll bring them on for, for cameo roles, I think. But he had no choice. He's run out of options. Um, but I, I, personally, I'm a bit like Alan. I think we, we, we can't get relegated and we won't get promoted unless we do something different. So something different has got to be throw, throw some uh, um, risk into the game. And that means, you know, perhaps... Even having a go at one of the youngsters like Abdullah who's scoring for fun, you know, if he's fit and he's able, don't just sit him on the bench, let him have half a game. You know, there's got to be, at some point, um, a return on the investment in our youth policy. And it's, so far, in the last in, during Clough's frame, we've seen nothing at all from it. That's not his fault. Maybe they're not producing the players. It's his fault if they are and they're not getting a chance. Yeah, it's an interesting, interesting quandary to, to sort of have when you have got those players there I, I guess maybe well I was going to say I guess maybe if there was one in midfield but then one immediately springs to mind who he doesn't play so I'm sort of counteracting my own argument there a little bit um, back to James Gale though Alan you know it, it, it was so refreshing to see him and I think we like you know we were saying the difference for me he reminded me a little bit of primary so he gets he gets in he gets stuck into a challenge even when he goes down he's he's, he's his feet are flailing on the floor. He's trying to wing possession back. He's trying to get a little knocks and niggles in. He's comfortable holding up the ball. And I think with the right people around him, I think we will have a really good, strong player um, on our hands. And I think it would be remiss of us, actually, not to, to utilise him and maybe try him with Reese Oates, maybe try him with Davis Keeler done. I'm going to say he gave a good all-round performance, I thought. You know, like he said in his interview, there were a couple of bits the first five minutes or so when he got knocked to the ground and once he'd sorted his physicality about against those that he was playing against, I thought he had a really good game. It looked a really, you know, high prospect because when we've seen him before, he's turning like uh, Garn said, you know, on the training pitch, he's always turning and shooting different angles. It's something different that we've needed for quite a while with Reese not being on full uh, steam yet. Yeah, absolutely. Keep your comments coming in. Roger's been in touch and says, there's not much you can say after Saturday's game. Yet, to be honest, I'm surprised we've managed 19 minutes exactly of this podcast so far talking about it. Uh, Nick's been in touch and nails it with, with this comment. I'm probably in the minority, but I don't think Johnson has been that bad. He's not going to play like Gale or Oates as he's more of a poacher and we don't play a system that suits that sort of player. I do agree, though, Gale was outstanding. I agree with every word of that. And the, the particular part of that, Cam, is, is the fact that we don't play a system that suits that sort of player. We've had since January to try and adapt to that and try and accommodate him. And do you know what? I think if we had have gone, all right, I, I know we, we've sort of touched on it before about what might be happening off the pitch, but if, if we had have gone from a footballing perspective only and gone, We've got a player on our hands here who suits playing in behind, who suits getting the ball on the deck. I think we might have got more out of him. But like Clive said earlier, Cam, he's only going to play if there's nobody else available. He, he tried. I've heard he tried to register a traffic cone, but the AFL didn't didn't uh, didn't didn't allow it. 
Yeah, it's it's a strange one because you've got Johnson who scored fourteen goals this season, and he just doesn't. But he just doesn't look interested half the time. Uh, and yes, it's down to partially down to the fact that we don't play his style. But then these games where we do play to his strengths, getting the ball in into his feet and and getting him in, getting the ball into areas where he is expecting to be. There was numerous occasions on Saturday in the second half where we get the ball into the box and he just wasn't there. And it's frustrating to watch and it must be frustrating for Danny as well because he wants to score goals, he wants to do well because having a bad season, yes, he scored 13, but that's for one team and then for the other, he's done jack shit. So it doesn't look good on him. If he's not doing the business, who's going to sign a goal uh, a scorer that only scored? All right, he scored thirteen goals before Christmas. But what did he do after Christmas? So far, he scored once. I don't worry about who's going to sign him because I would imagine but, there's already this, a, a contract that's already written. done. Yeah, but that, but then that, but that's the problem. Is is his mind elsewhere? Like yes. I, I, I'm here because I have to be here. I'm already going to wherever already. Is that is it uh, an attitude problem? knowing that he isn't going to be here next season. Because we've seen it before where players have been on the way out or or whatever. You you look at players like Reese Bennett, Danny Rose, etc., all knew that where they were going the the following season or they'd already been tapped up by certain fat men in China. Um it's it's there. It's it's happened in the past. So I think it asks an awful lot of a player, Cam, that knows his future is elsewhere, that knows he isn't particularly wanted where he's at, and the only bind is he's being paid to play football for his employer, and then to put yourself, give yourself the risk of injury and all the other things that go with it. I don't think he's as committed as as it would be under different circumstances, and quite honestly, I don't think we should expect him to be. And that's, I think that's alone is the reason that Clough wouldn't play him unless he got a cho- uh, uh, no choice. Well, if, if, that, that, if that's the case, that, then, if that's the case, then surely we should just send him to the kids out with the youth team. Well, if he got a choice, if, if, he, if a he's well, not, if he's not if interested he in playing for us, he wouldn't play him. As simple as that, he hasn't got a choice. He's in a bit of a cleft stick. Well, he, he said at the fans' forum that when somebody asked him how he is in training, he said he's great, he's good with the lads, he works hard, blah, blah, blah. He says the trouble with Danny is all he wants to do is score goals. And, and you'd laugh at that thinking, well, that's perfectly true, that's what we want him to do. But what he went on to say and what he really meant was that he doesn't work hard enough away from his, his, his primary role, which is he won't go and fetch a ball, he won't go and get stuck in with people. It's not his game. Now, you go back to what is his game? Well, his game is getting service. He's had bugger all service from us. And he won't, given the, st- the parlous state of our team and the format, the formations we tend to work with him. He's had one delightful ball from which he scored, and that was from Boateng. Um, was that Wimbledon? Yeah. 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 The ball trickled over the line, but he, he was, the ball came to him. He did what he does naturally, instinctively, and he scored. A few more of those, and everybody thinks thinks slightly differently. But we're not giving him that. Our midfield is in a hole at the moment. So if there's no midfield and we're not playing wingers, where's his service going to come from? It's a difficult one to process, Alan. Sometimes with, with that whole situation, I think we've got to the point now where we've discussed it to death. We know we can't um, uh, get away. 
from it. And I don't think, you know, we're going to see Nigel Clough now suddenly having a light bulb moment thinking, oh, well, I'm going to change the system again. We are where we are. We've got what we've got. And in truth, you know, it's not like we're sitting mid-table 12 points off of the playoffs thinking we need a good run to the end of the season. We are still only three points outside of said playoffs with a game in hand over three of the four sides that are in there. So it is possible, but I think all of our hearts and now minds are starting to listen to that niggling voice on the shoulder, which is just saying League Two again next year, lads. We just need that spark, don't we? We need a win. Well, that's all we need. It's confidence, Craig. And I think consistency, like uh, Garns and Clough have said before, and we've said before, just consistency, a spark that's needed to ignite, get it on Saturday, hopefully, and, you know, get a few players back. Who knows what could happen? But like, like you said, we're still in there and around the mix, you know, and not playing very well at all. Roger says if we do start to play well, you know, what could happen? Roger in the comments says, second half stakes didn't get the rub of the green on Saturday. Wallace shot hitting Kilgore, etc. By the way, Kieran Wallace is going to score an absolute worldie by the end of this season, so I'm telling you now. Um, stakes just seemed a little bit strained to get a goal, but it was never going to happen. With Quinn coming back, we stand a better chance. It's the creative play that is lacking at the minute. Cam... Stephen Quinn is back and available for Saturday. It will take a minor miracle for him not to be in the starting 11 uh, come 2pm on Saturday afternoon. But I don't necessarily think at this point in the in the campaign, given the way we've performed, um, given all the other factors, that it's one particular player which is going to make the team. Because with Stephen Quinn, you need somebody behind him. And of course, Stephen McLaughlin is still in the treatment room. Yeah, um, difficult one because obviously we need we need Quinn back in the side. But like you said, we've not got the the, the players to complement that. But another positive is that hopefully Louis Re- Lewis Reed will be um, in more of a contention. Uh, will Clough probably bench him still just to and then give him a run out probably. So he was on the bench on Saturday. It probably would have been too soon to maybe bring him on, but it was probably more just a, a morale thing to get him in the first team squad, get him ready for the for the match match day environment again after being out for 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 so long. And um, I'd I'd like to think on Saturday, yes, he'd, he'd probably be on the bench, but he's a he's a sort of player that will definitely enjoy a game like. Crawley, who are obviously struggling down near the bottom, fighting relegation. They've got a bit of confidence, but it's the sort of game that we have to go out and we've got to batter them, basically, for, for, our, own, for our own sake more than anything. But we're now getting to the, 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 the back end of players' recovery and we're getting a few players back bit by bit. But now it's obviously then finding a balance where we can get them in without jeopardising their their fitness again because there's no point in rushing them back too soon like we did well, with Stephen Lockman and Karen is, Johnson there is the, the the issue in itself Alan isn't it A it's uh, too little too late in, in some respects with, with nine games left to go but also there is a, a huge danger there of getting that timing right getting somebody up to, to match speed and match fitness and I think 
given the pressures which the end of the season brings, you know, when you are a manager and you're looking at the league table and thinking, oh, we're three points behind it. Can he give me 45 minutes? Well, if he can give me 45 minutes, he can give me 60 minutes. If he can give me 60, he can give me 75. And therein yeah. lies the problem. You play, you gamble, it doesn't pay off. And we left back where we were. And I honestly think that this, with a heavy heart, that we will be more inclined to rush players back when they're, they're, they're not ready. I'm going to say, don't forget, we've got Mares to come back as Garns calls him. <laughs> it does make me laugh when he calls him Mares. But, uh, yeah, there's a few players coming back. But it's like, you know, what do you do? You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. There's nine games to go. They've got a long way to end the season. You know, give them a go. Just asking for a friend, Clive. Do we know when Hiram Boateng's back? Because he certainly hasn't turned up for the past five weeks. Did he play last week? <laughs> I like Liram yeah, Boateng I think, came off the I think he's a stylish player with lots of talent he just didn't bring it to the last few games and then I know he's had personal circumstances that have put him under a little bit of pressure um, and I guess it's another one of those occasions where had Clough got a sensible choice he would have let him have time off um, but you know next time they plays him he hasn't got an excuse because you know the, the circumstances have moved forward but I honestly don't see us having a full set of fit players by the end of the season. The way I think some of the, these injuries are really imperceptibly long ones, and uh, and we have players that can't stand the knock, you know, and, and that that seems to me a modern problem. Um, they don't make them as tough as they used to do in our day, Alan, do they? <laughs> Probably not, but it's a different game nowadays, isn't it, Clive? It's a different game, you know. With it, they probably want to be out with the head. Injury, you know, I mean, uh, Elliot's going to play with a broken nose, I assume. You know, he'll probably put some sort of mask on or whatever. But in the olden days, they wouldn't have played, you know, but that's not to say that it's wrong because going forward, that's what needs to happen because of things that have moved on. I mean, I don't want to get you motivated, motivated properly for, for Saturday, Cam, but with the way things are sound at the minute, our back three is going to consist of somebody playing with a broken nose, somebody who's not completely fully match fit in Alfie Kilgore, and somebody in James Perch who, you know, the last thing he needed on Saturday was to be brought on after 15 minutes. Yeah, it's not great um, having to obviously use players that we we don't necessarily have to but we're, we're in a situation where we've we've got to use everybody available probably the, the the most frustrating thing is that um should <laughs> should should Elliot Hewitt have come off after um taking the knot to the face like he did playing with a potentially broken nose or a bust nose uh well probably probably should have come off had we got a right back on the bench Yes. <laughs> it's you, one of the young lads. But... taking him off though, Cam. I know it I is. Bet they, uh, I bet if they'd have tried to take him off, he'd have said no, well, knowing Elliot. That's the thing, because it was a head injury, I think he'd have, we, we wouldn't have, pretend, wouldn't have necessarily lost him, uh, lost a no. sub for it. So, the, but there's options, and we've got options on the bench, but just for God's sake, Clough, just grow some balls and use them. Use the kids. Fuck's sake! And on that, the, mind my French, but the whole point is, it was it, what was it last season or the season before? It was um, end of the COVID season. He was saying like, oh, uh, wanting to use 
younger players, uh, etc. This, that, and the other. But then uh, a couple of months later, we're saying like we need experienced players. This, that, and the other. It's like for God's sake, just pick one. We can't. You can't. You can't say you want to sort of like bleed youth players through. You've got three or four of them sat on the bench week in week out. Just bloody play them. And on that cheery note, let's take a quick break. Keep your comments uh, coming in and have your say on your team. When we come back, we're going to be asking the big question. Um, and that is, of course, can the Stags go on and find a bloody goal on Saturday afternoon and inject some life into the final nine games of the campaign? Are we resigned to uh, another season in League Two? And just what do the final nine games of the season have in store for us? We'll be doing a deep dive on that in just a second. After these, Mansfield Matters podcast, of course, proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. 
but I would go for a, I'd go throw everything at the next two games and see where that leads us. And then you, your attention will be fairly squarely aimed at what we do next year after that. Alan? It's looking extremely doubtful at this present time, but until it's mathematically impossible, I will always believe that we will be in the playoffs. Bloody I love the diplomatic been... answers. I know, you can always rely on Alan to bring some optimism back to the podcast, can't you? Uh, right, let's delve into those nine games. Andy Garner was sort of half-assed today in his press conference whether or not Saturday's game is make or break. And whilst it's not in terms of the remainder of the season, actually, when you look at the fixtures and you break them down into what they mean for both sides, Clive, I think, actually... Saturday's game, with a failure to get three points on the board, will have a detrimental blow to those remaining eight games. And it's going to be really tough to lift us for the, the two fixtures after that, which realistically we need to be need to be winning. Garner said it's a must win. I agree. I think um, we, we've lost ground in the last couple of home games, which we need to try and claw back. At the beginning of those three home games, we're all saying, well, let's go for nine and we'll settle for seven. Um, and then at one point, I said, well, six would be fine. We'll have it, you know, and we, we've actually now got a, an opportunity to score five points out of the three games. Anything other than that now. And I think, uh, I think we are inevitably going to lose uh, the momentum that we need to carry us through positively going forward. And I think so. we start off talking about people's... Um, lack of um, enthusiasm, not enthusiasm, but confidence in, in where we are. That's inevitable. And I think without a, a win now and a fairly quick win on Saturday, that confidence will further erode. Great point made by Chris in the comments, Alan, and that is the fact that the top six are all playing each other. So it's a must win in his opinion. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. It's got to be three points, Craig, because uh, the simple fact we've only got two out of the last two games. Like we said, you know, we're all open for nine. If seven, you know, even if you'd only won two and lost the other one, you at least should have had six. But we're looking at five now, possibly. But we've got clean sheets. We haven't actually lost. So, you know, just go out, <laughs> let's have a go at them because they're at the top of the form league, aren't they? Or somewhere at the top. There won't be, you know, there won't be any pushovers. Yeah, absolutely. Also not a winning four. So let's just flip the coin both ways and be pessimistic yeah. and optimistic. Uh, as you say, though, you know, they are up there in the form table, but can Crawley are um, towards the bottom end of the table. They're currently four points from safety as it sits. A win from, for them on Saturday afternoon will give them even more momentum to try and claw the way out of it. And we know with nine games left to go, it's those teams actually who are at the bottom end of the table, the business end, who are steering doom and gloom of the National League, joining the likes of Notts County and Chesterfield in the, uh, in the National League. It's they who are the tougher opponents at this time in the campaign. It is. And, well, you look back at the uh, the playoff season under under Flickcroft, who, who were the teams that, that derailed our, our automatic promotion charge. It was the teams down near the bottom. So we can't take these games lightly, um, which is frustrating because the the games that theoretically we should be winning but 
with with the form that we're carrying, there's there's absolutely no chance that we can take these games as, as granted. You look at the Grimsby game, realistically, we should have won that. If you're going on where we are and where they are, same with Sutton, we should have beat them. But we we didn't, and, and now we're in the same situation again where we're constantly having to worry about teams around us. Why can't we just do it the easy way and beat the teams that we that we should be doing? Why do we have to do everything the hard it's way? It's called the Stags it's way. Oh, too right. As, but there was, as there Keith Curl used to say, there's an easy way, a hard way, and a Mansfield Town way. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Frustrating, because we're better than what we have been. Uh, and that's that's the most frustrating thing. We've played such attractive football this season. But when? when there's been which games. Match, which match was that? Uh, I must have missed that. <laughs> Donny, Donny Rowe was at, uh, away. Uh, Donny Rowe was at home. Oh, two uh, games then. These are the uh, Gellingham at home. Wimbledon away was still a bit better. It was still better. Uh, Tranmere away. <laughs> there are a few. Carl, less than five, less than five games line. over the course of a 46 game season. I can't list every game, but the, the, point, the point is still there. They we, can't we've played... crap. <laughs> Craig, the the point's be, still there. You're wrong to be so dismissive that we have played well in parts. There's no argument about that, but not very recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's exactly the point. <laughs> yes, we've lost players for injury, but we, the inconsistency has been our biggest enemy this season. We should have you noticed. You know, towards the end of the season, we've got three home games in a row again. Yeah, uh, we, we have, well away before those. Yeah, we have. Uh, looking at those uh, fixtures in more depth, then of course we'll I'll mention the Crawley game. We'll come to predictions in a minute. Easter weekend, again, another huge uh, Easter weekend for us. Swindon away, 10 points from the playoffs. So, you know, at that point, there could be nine points. There could be seven points from the playoffs. You know, they've yeah. got it all to play for. They're eager to try and push. You know, they were playoff semi-finalists last season. They'll want to try and, um, uh, you know, at least match that season. And then, of course, the toughest game um, in, in, this, in the run for me, and that's Rochdale, who... By that point, we'll probably have the new manager bounce, if not a caretaker manager bounce. They uh, dismissed their manager, I believe, the other day. And we all know, you know, that playing the bottom of the league is the hardest games. And we saw it with Scunthorpe last year. All right, we, we went there and, and got victory, but we weren't ruthless enough. And, and that's my fear in that one again. You look at the two games after that, we've got the trip to, to Grimsby, got them to play again. We know they'll be a tough team. Difficult place to go. They're pretty much safe, but they'll want to make sure. Same with, with Newport, a horrible trip at midweek. Never a nice place to go. And then you look at those final four games of the season. You, you break them those final four down into banks of two. Stevenage at home, Leighton Orient at home. Two teams vying for automatic promotion. That point, they need to, to get... Stevenage, with all the history with the ex-Stags players that are there, they've dropped off it a little bit of late. They'll want to find that bounce and, and get over the line. Leighton Orient, you know, may well be coming to us needed, with three games to go, needing to win to, to seal either A, promotion, or B, the title itself. Then the final two games, 
Harrogate at home, 20th at the moment, only six points clear of relegation. Could be a huge game for them. And then Colchester United, 21st in the table, five points clear of relegation yet again. So you, you break those games down. You've got three sort of easy-ish hits. You look at the next three games, you're thinking you want at least probably six points from those. You look at the, the two rubber stampers, Grimsby and Newport, and then it's it's difficult. You've got four very tough games for very different reasons. And if I was a betting man, I'd be putting my money on League Two. I'm not going to lie. And that's not pessimistic Craig talking either. I just think that's looking at, at, at what we've got. I think that's a fair assessment. I think the only thing to bear in mind, Craig, is if these teams, as you've just outlined, have got reasons to want to win, if they come with a win mentality, which is different to what the last two home games have been like, we do stand a chance, especially if we can bring a couple of players back in that time as well. Um, teams that come and just want to shut us down have done it quite comfortably at the moment. But um, I, th I think there's, there's, there'll be some um, unexpected outcomes from these last few games. Um, we never win at Swindon, so we will do. Um, we, should, we should have beat Leighton Orient earlier in the year, um, so we're, we're going to do it. And it's about time we put one over... Harrogate. Stick one up there, Jackson. <laughs> uh, we'll come on to podcast predictions in just a second before we wrap things up for tonight's podcast. Keeler in the comments says it's definitely a must win on Saturday to give us the confidence to reach the playoffs. Roger adds Crawley are on some good form at the minute, so I'm not expecting a win. Unfortunately, hope I'm wrong, though. Nick says, hope we've been constantly inconsistent. Um, Tracy says, just watching Saturday's rivals, a bit distracted by a certain number two. Of course, Kellen Gordon will be back to get one over Nigel Clough. Or he might just go down the wing and trip himself up. Either way, Tracy will be looking at his backside. Anyway, uh, Chris in the comments also says, uh, this season as a whole feels like a missed opportunity as the league this season has been terrible. Any decent team would have walked away with the league. Funnily enough, one of our best performances was away at Leighton Orient where we did everything but score. Completely agree. By the way, Roger adds Sutton. Uh, we were very, very negative on. Uh, were very, very negative on Saturday. They did uh, football a disservice on Saturday. No, I, I completely disagree. I think what they did was they highlighted the ugly side of the beautiful game very, very well indeed, and it got them results as it has done for the past four or five seasons on their climb up into the football league. Football, though, a game of opinions. Speaking of which, opinions on how we're going to do on Saturday. Let's have a little look at the podcast predictions table as we come towards the end of March. And again, podcast predictions throws up one of those horrible things where my own rules come back to bite me on the backside <laughs> because Clive wanted to change his prediction in the group <laughs> chats. Yeah. And before the game, when I bumped into him on Saturday, he wanted to go for a 5-0 win and change his prediction from a goalless draw. But by me not allowing that, that's put Clive top of the bloody table. There you go. Rubbish. Talent, will, talent will, will, will out in this game and you're seeing it now. I know. We've also had a terrific rise up the uh, the table from our podcast predictions man of stats, the man who does all the tables, Ben, who's climbed 
to second position. He also went for a goalless draw um, on uh, Saturday, so that's probably yeah, where no. it's at. Uh, Allen's now in third, and then uh, the remainder uh, of the top ten is Steve Nadim in fourth, Cathy Holmes in fifth, Roger King in sixth, Nathan Edge somehow, who's he, in seventh, uh, Adam Crump in eighth, some bloke called Cam in ninth, and then JS in tenth place. Uh, I, I'm in 15th, we won't talk about that. Uh, in our little group table, uh, Nick is bottom of our group uh, with 17 points. Then it's me in fifth on 29, Cam in fourth on 35, Nathan in third on 38, Alan in second on 42, and then Clive leading the way at the top with 48 points. Ooh. And because he's top of the table, he gets to go first with his prediction for Crawley at home on Saturday. 2-0. 17th. Now, I need to pull you up on something there. You've said 2-0. 2-0 win. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, Alan, uh, I'm going to come to you next. 2-0 win, 39th minute. Okay, Cam, we've got optimism so far. Where are we going to go? Three nil win, third minute. Oh, I'll take that. Okay. Uh, 2 1 defeat, uh, 18th minute for me. Uh, we'll oh, get Nathan. <laughs> if I was in control, I'd boot you out now. Well, you're not. <laughs> well, guess what? You're not. So, bye. Um, Cam and Nathan. We'll get Cam's. No, we won't. We've got Cam's. We'll get Nathan's and Nick's in the Nick. week and we'll put them on our social media as always. Um, that's almost all we've got time for tonight. We'll bring him back in, though, just to give him a little bit of praise because Saturday, Cam, keep it brief, um, it was the Her Game 2 fixture. We saw you up and down the pitch. You got a nice little shout-out with Alan, although whoever would want a photograph of you, it's beyond me. Uh, but just tell us a little bit more about the, the day and what you got up to on the, on the day with um, everyone from, uh, from Her Game 2. So, yeah, um, obviously those that did see us, we were walking around. We'd got um, the... Uh, cardboard cut out for the Instagram frame and uh, yeah really really positive day and um, just thank you to everybody that got involved um, went around the ground getting photos with uh, first and foremost the players and the staff uh, outside the, the quarry lane end uh, and then going into the family room speaking to young fans in there then going to watch um, Monica go and talk with Chris Revel up in the 1861 and then um Emma and her team all got to have a walk out on the pitch uh, uh, pre-match along with um, three members of the, the Mansfield Town Ladies youth setup, which was fantastic and re really, really positive. And yeah, um, if you want to watch the video, it's coming up in a second, but it's on YouTube, um, search CF Media UK and it'll be on there. Uh, I think it's also on the Twitter, which is at CF Media UK, Instagram at CF Media UK, and Twitter at CF Media UK. Shameless plug. Play the video. <laughs> Wrong I don't think I've got CF I don't, Media. I, I, I don't think I've, I don't think I don't think I've got time. Annoyingly, I'm going to play it because it's actually well edited. Obviously, taught by the best. And if you want to find out more about Her Game 2, hergame2.co.uk is the place to be. Of course, the audio listeners. 
will have had any of that. So make sure you go and check it out on all the YouTube pages and things like that. Right, that's all we've got time for. Celebrity Hunters on in 58 minutes. So I am off to hide from those Hunters. Damn. Hunted podcast, by the way, if you can't get enough of this. Right, uh, we'll oh, see you next shameless. week. Yeah, you can shut up. Uh, we <laughs> will see you uh, next week as the Stags probably lose against Crawley and ahead of the Easter weekend as well. Alan, keep looking after yourself. Cam, work on that shaky well, camera. Good night. Well, there you go. That's another podcast done and dusted. Nine more games to go. Can the Stags get over the line and achieve the playoffs for a second season in succession? Or is that muttering voice of doubt that we're going to fall short about to come true? Only one way to find out, and that's strap yourselves in for the rollercoaster ride which is ahead of us. Talking of what's ahead, make sure you get involved in podcast predictions ahead of the Crawley game on Saturday at One Call Stadium. The link that you need is in the description, and you must complete your prediction no later than one hour and one minute before kickoff on Saturday afternoon. My thanks to you guys at home for watching and for listening, and of course to the Mansfield Matters Podcast Panel 2. Make sure you follow us on social media at MTFC Matters to find out when we're next going to be live as we look back on Crawley and look ahead at what's to come, which is, of course, a big Easter weekend as we take on Swindon and bottom of the table Rochdale. For now, though, this is the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast, proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.